Hey everybody, today's show, we're going to go off the cuff, old school style, let's see what happens. What do we want to talk about today? I think we want to touch on, I guess, uh, you know, my little, last little trip to Key West. I did speak about it on the Patreon, we'll go at it at maybe a different angle in this regard. Uh, also, we want to talk about a video from John Heald, who says that Carnival is possibly... They're trying to make every effort to go back to sea starting in November. We'll also talk about some of the things I think, you know, that we all should probably, you know, depending upon how much cruise withdrawal we are going through, what are some of the steps we can take to mitigate that as much as possible. I also want to touch on which actual cruise ships, I'm talking real life cruise ships, have returned to sea that Along with your emails, let's start the show. Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on. Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone to the Caribbean. Seven days and eight nights, got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light. Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky. From New York City to the USBI, is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up, cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump. Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent, cause we did the things, and we'll do them again. Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out, cause we got the drink pack. And we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Yeah Woo All aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show Coming to you not quite live From the K Compound down in Boca Raton, Florida USA, South Florida Close to uh, SoFlo, some of the kids like to call it nowadays. Have you seen this? Uh, <laughs> I listen to these podcasts, and it's amazing. You know, you could look at the advertising community and see that this world is absolutely going out of its mind just by some of the things that are being advertised. There is a new thing out there called established titles. If you listen to certain podcasts, there is a huge ad campaign going on about, you know... <laughs> It's li- listen to how much grown-ups have turned into children. Now, listen, you want to get out the old uh, hypocrite? Uh, you know, you want to call me a hypocrite? You want to play the hypocrite? Listen, guys, this is an off-the-cuff show. I'm not going crazy with the editing on this one. I did prep a good amount. I did put some stuff in there, but I kind of said to myself, you know what? Let's not do this highly produced, overly edited show. Let's see what comes out. Let's see what it is. Let's do it. Okay, because we're going to have to get used to this, guys. If this whole thing, there is a, so let's let's talk about, we'll talk about the whole New York thing in a minute. But when that does go through, you're going to get this. This is going to be off the cuff. It's going to be an unedited. I will not necessarily have the time to do the three, four hour prep work. You know, a lot of you, I think, might like it. I think a lot of you may prefer it. I might prefer it. We all might prefer it, too. You know, when you talk about morning radio, when you talk about talk radio, that is the most listened to radio. It's talk, morning talk radio. And they do it every day. And it's stuff that's coming to them on the fly. And we will. Listen, I'm going to have my head in the books. I am going to be up to date. I am going to have my finger on the proverbial pulse of the cruising industry. Okay? All that stuff. I will do my research, my homework, and all that. But sitting down and 
drawing out long outlines. I think that is good in certain ways. But I also think, like, let's talk about last week's show. All right, let's talk. I think I did a good show last week. I think I did a pretty good show, not the best show I could do. I think most particularly a part of the show where I may have lost a good amount of you is when I went over and started talking about that Genting stuff, you know? You spend time on it. You shoot it out there. You throw it out there. But maybe you don't spend all the time in the world on the Genting situation when we're over here in America trying to cruise. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, this off off the top stuff is, is going to be the direction that I'm hoping it's going to go. So uh, what I was trying to do was talk about this stupid <laughs> thing that's out there now that you can, as adults, we are able to. And I don't mean to be a hypocrite, but as adults, we are... I heard a comedian say about Halloween, right? Everybody's talking about what's appropriate for Halloween (laughs) and what are you allowed to wear and what costumes are over the top on PC, which uh, uh, costumes would be considered to be cultural appropriation or or even further cultural mocking. Uh, You know, is there a list somewhere? What is appropriate to wear? What can you wear versus what is inappropriate to wear? What's out there for, you know, so, you know, uh, adult Americans can go to these costume parties and not necessarily offend anyone. And a comedian that I talk about a lot named Tim Dillon, who is, to me, a mad genius. Again, like all of them, you can't take everything he says literally. He's a little bit of a kind of pundit type, but almost satirical. Brilliant guy, but the way he presents is a little satirical. A Long Island guy, funny guy, Tim Dillon. And he's reading these reports and all the controversy. And he throws the sheet of paper down and goes, hey, how about this? I have an idea. How about we give the holiday back to the children? As adults, do we need to be dressing up for Halloween? And while I'll do it, I haven't done a costume in forever. You know what I mean? I, I what do you, like, really? I know that is like, you know, you're not... You're not festive if you don't, but really, I'm a whack job as it is. We all know we're having fun out here, doing, saying, acting crazy, doing crazy things, acting crazy. Do I need to, you know, dress up like uh, 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 the Tiger King, which you will see plenty of this year? And it's so annoyingly predictable, too. You know someone's going to get a a cardboard box, cut it in the shape of what the coronavirus looks like. You know, all this stuff is going to come out and it's just so predictable. And you know, these people are in the, I got it. We're going to wow them this year. We're going to be topical. What are you going to be? Carol Baskin? I'm pissed off that I know what Carol Baskin's name is. I didn't watch the Tiger King. No offense to you guys if you did. I'm not. Sorry about the iced coffee cubes. Uh, You know, you can tell this is an iced coffee uh, episode. No offense to anybody who watched the Tiger King. I just didn't. I'm just that type of person. Call it curmungenous. Uh, but I typically st- – when a whole world is jumping on top of something, I don't know. That's when I kind of pull back a little bit anyway. But the point is is this website, this new thing that exists right now is if you are an adult with money. And if you are an adult who has completely run out of ways to spend your money and you're really, really out there, what the hell can I spend money on? Well, now you're safe because you can buy – a square foot of land in some shithole somewhere in Scotland, and you own a square foot of this land, and now you're able to be called a lord. 
because you are a landowner in Scotland. So now even though it's a foot, now the, the gig is is that you actually at parties, at freaking brunch with your loser friends, you can say, yeah, here's an anecdote. Here's something interesting about me. I'll be called a lord from now on and you will all comply. And then everybody will laugh and then it'll be like, oh, look at Jerry. He's so crazy. Jer- did you hear about Jerry? He actually became a lord. So now we all have to call him a lord. Am I sounding a little too bitter about this? Maybe I am. <laughs> it just annoys me that there's people out there like, this is going to be my angle. Yes, I'm a lord. And really, they think they're. Co- I'm going br- I'm going to bring this certificate to brunch. They think this is like a regular brunch. They think we're going to go and sit in there. Listen, I know you thought that your unlimited mimosas were just going to be regular unlimited mimosas. And your pancakes and your $45 eggs are going to be what they are every week. But no, this week we're celebrating. I bought a square foot of land in Scotland. And you from now on shall call me Lord Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Just when we thought you couldn't be any more wacky and imaginative. Oh, you're so eccentric. All right, we'll call you Lord for the next five minutes. And then we'll all get drunk and then we'll make fun of you for actually doing it. But that's what it is. Just established titles. If you're into that, you can become a Lord. Shout out to Traveling Robert. It was a really cool episode last week. I got a lot of good feedback from that, and, and the numbers were good, so I appreciated that. So I thought it was cool. I thought it was really good getting a perspective of, of Robert because that's what I'm talking about. Like, we can't cruise right now. And again, I still have not seen any of the telltale signs that we're on our way or we're getting closer. I guess some of them, maybe the preliminary signs are there. You know what I mean? Actual cruising happening overseas. So a model is established. Very important. But as far as what, you know, maybe the first one was said today. Maybe the first shot heard around the world was today with John Heald going on Facebook. And shout out to Richard from Cruise Radio. Wrote a great article about um, about about what he had said. And he kind of encompassed it. And I, su- I suggest you guys go, go over to cruiseradio.net or cruiseradio.com. I think it's both or either, and you can check out that article or just check it out on the Facebook page, uh, Cruise Radio News, which I know a lot of you probably are a part of. Anyway, yeah, Robert talked a, a bunch of things. There was a lot of great takeaways from Traveling Robert. He said, you know what I mean? And this is the guy that has been everywhere, and he kind of says that, like, you know what? Everybody wants to be coy and cute with their cute recommendations about the hidden gems and whatever. Things are popular. Things are over-celebrated for a reason. Yes, they get commercialized. You know, talk about Atlantis in the Bahamas. Nobody wants to talk about Atlantis in Nassau anymore. Why? Because everybody used to talk about it. And, well, guess what? Take a step back. It's still the best freaking thing in the Bahamas. Yeah, it's expensive, whatever, but let's not ignore that. Aquarium is ridiculous. That water park, I mean, come on. Coco K, which I love, absolutely love. But let's not put Coco K up against Atlantis in the Bahamas. With the scenery and the setups and the through the sharks and the pyramids and all that stuff, it's beautiful. But everybody, everybody wants to hate on it, you know, and that's the type of thing that people say, okay, if you're going to go to the Grand Canyon, oh, the Grand Canyon again, it's so basic, of course. No, Traveling Robert is the guy who has seen it all. He's done it all in this country by a motorhome. 
by well, RV. And he still says that south rim of the Grand Canyon is still something that has to be experienced. No picture, no uh, literary account, no video, no nothing can really put you in the place and and replace what it looks like from that south rim of the Grand Canyon. So I definitely take that advice from him very, very seriously. And I absolutely want to check that out eventually. But again, I am seriously addicted to cruising i am seriously now this may be different i don't see a seven day vacation on land in my future per se anytime soon that is not related to cruising and since i took my first cruise on september 14th 2010 i have not ever asked for time off of work for a seven or more day vacation in order to do any type of land-based holiday whatsoever. It just hasn't happened. If I get those seven days, if I'm able to get off, whatever the situation is, I'm getting me, I'm getting, I'm getting me on a cruise ship. That's it. I'm going to find myself on a cruise ship. It's just too much. There's just too much of an advantage to it that, you know, if I, if I, I could do that. I could say I'm going out to Arizona. You know, the one, there's a couple. There's a couple that spike my tone, spike my curiosity. And one is the uh, Nashville trip. I definitely want to do a Nashville trip. Shout out to Craig and Jenna. Uh, they uh, and her and Doug gave me a call, random FaceTime call a few nights ago from the great city of Nashville. Uh, they were having a good time. Let's let's tell it like it is, guys. You know, Doug might get a little mad at me for saying it, but listen, they were having a good time. And when I say good time, I mean libations. You know, there was tequila, there was whiskey, there nothing out of school, nothing wrong. You know, just the enjoyment of some adult beverages. Is there anything wrong with that? People are adults. Okay, it's in the freaking word. It says adults, adult beverages, and there were adults drinking them. Very, very enjoyable time. It looked uh, awesome. So Nashville was something I definitely want to do at some point. Nashville is something I want to experience. uh, And I would probably forego a cruise vacation to go see Nashville. What else? Up on my list. Now, I don't know if you do this for seven days. New Orleans. Okay. New Orleans, definitely. Right. You got to go to New Orleans. I've never been to New Orleans. I want to check that out. Besides those two things, again, call me whatever. I just don't have a whole hell of a lot of interest in the whole overseas stuff. I do not want to. The reason I like to cruise is because of how simple it is. I do not want to go walk around Paris having to translate and try to, you know, I'll get heat for this. I'll get heat. You know, there's people who don't want to give two craps about what what's going on outside their county lines. That's not me. I got no problem with those people. I respect those people, especially in this world today. Anybody who's going to do themselves the service of mentally stepping back from the crap that you're seeing in the media and not get involved and just stay within your four walls. Not four walls, but you know, have a have a life outside of your house. But you know, stay within the like minded community that you, community that you live in. If you want to do that, you're not gonna you're not gonna get any shit from me, whatsoever. 
I personally do like to go around to different places throughout the country. But then I take that same uh, county mentality and I do attach it to the, I guess the, um, the, 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 the four corners of my nation as well as the Caribbean. And then just because the Caribbean to me is just like heaven, you know what I mean? So I, uh, I really haven't been able to figure out the vacation besides Nashville and New Orleans that I'd like to do for seven days. And no, in my heart right now, as I'm speaking during those seven days, I know that I, I could picture myself going, you know what? I want to go to San Francisco for seven days. I want to go to Paris for seven days. I want to go to London for, for two weeks. I could see myself wanting to want to do all that stuff and ultimately going and then knowing myself staying three days in. Why the hell are you here when you could be on a cruise on a ship in San Juan, in St. Thomas, in Nassau, in Jamaica, in Cozumel. Why Why are you here? Why are you renting this car? Why are you making these reservations at this eh, restaurant? Why are you lining up at this nightclub or this bar? In, in Why? Why are you having to run out of this and then go to the drugstore to pick up that? 7 o'clock, what are we doing tonight? Uh, well, we can go to a show. Well, that's going to cost about a buck eighty each. We can go to this club. Well, we'll probably have to wait in line and then maybe, you know, go in and, you know, have an okay experience. No, just put me on a damn cruise ship. Will you please? Can you? Can I just do that? If I meet celebrities and comedians and all the people who shit on cruising, that's what I'm going to do. That's going to be my thing because I know you're not going to tell me. I know these guys. You listen to these podcasts. You know who these guys are at their core. And you know damn well cruising is just something that's fun to shit on. My guy, Bert Kreischer, he gets it. He will never come out and advocate for cruising. But in the few when he was on with Guy Fieri, Fieri. I gotta say the I gotta roll the T for the guy who you gotta roll I gotta roll the T. Fieri. The guy Fieri. For the guy who wears uh fire bowling shirts and drives around Route 66 in Camaros and bleaches his hair, sticks it straight up, and then he puts his sunglasses behind his head, and I gotta go Fieri, like he's Molto Mario, like he's you know, your guy Fieri. You tell you're teaching me about mozzarella sticks, and I gotta go guy Fieri? No. You guy Fieri, will you shut up, please? And I like him. Guy knows his way around the burger. Do you guys know about the Smash Burger? Like that's like people don't. It's been a thing for a while. The Smash Burger. There's even a place called Smash Burger. But like you know, through all the years, all the years of burgerdom, what has been very very popular is a thick, juicy burger, right? A thick, juicy burger on the grill. On the grill. And then you bite into it and it's like a it's like a steak on bread with some cheese. You love a good thick juicy burger. You go to a diner, that thing is still mooing on the inside. It takes so long to cook. But people got wise. And I don't think this is a new thing, but I think it has been more publicized. The beauty of a smash burger. I did a thing a couple of um, years ago, I think, or maybe a year ago, talking about why a double che- a, a small, thin double cheeseburger is better than any thick burger. But I still didn't know what, it, like, what, what the smash burger craze was about. And really, what you got to do is get yourself like a five-pound weight type of thing with a handle. 
flat on one side and you just make a like this is like a thing that's becoming the norm you you slice up a couple of onions real thin real thin julienne if you will and uh then you get basically a meatball you 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 take 80 20 ratio of beef to fat so that's 80 beef 20 fat and then you put it on a flat surface not a grill dare i say not a grill a flat surface and then what you want to do, you want to have a flat surface that's big enough. Ideally, it's in a restaurant scenario. You have a flat tub, flat tub, <laughs> a flat top grill, a flat top griddle. If you don't have that, a large frying pan or maybe one of those, um, those, those kind of like those cast iron, I guess, attachments that you could put over your stove that can kind of emulate that of a flat top. And then you basically put the bowl, put the meat into a bowl, maybe a little oil, dare I say a little butter on the surface but then you take the ball of meat and you put it on top you season it salt and pepper and then you let you wait a minute okay because you want some fat to render down and that is going to be a little bit of a lubricant and a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a cooking agent for you dare i say and then you want to take your five pound weight and you want to smash the shit out of that burger just once i'm not saying like bang it down like a a meat tenderizer. You just push down on that thing until it is pancake flat, okay? In some cases, dare I say it will break apart. And now you could do this before or after the flip. Oh, no, I'm sorry, before or after the smash. But you want to take your julienne onions and put it on top of the burger too. And then the julienne onions will sit on top of that burger. And it will take, it should at its best take no more than two minutes to cook. And then you flip it over, and now the onions and the burger are on the bottom. So the onions are just kind of like just all of, they're doing their own thing. They're wherever they are, and they're getting fricasseed. Does that even make sense? Fried fricasseed? I don't know. But they're getting fried. And then you turn it back over again. So the onions and the beef and everything is just well-seasoned and well-charred is the key. Two of them. And then you take the cheese, you put them on top of the onions, and that binds the onions. And then you have this delightful smashed up burger and the key is over the 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 big thick thick old school juicy burger what you have is uh a lot of char and seasoned char and a lot of surface area rather than unseasoned middle maybe less than cooked middle just more of like a sweet burger with the sweetness from the onions and the bread and everything it's just it's a beautiful thing so the smash burger is like a thing. And I only got into that because I was talking about Guy Fieri. So Guy Fieri has been doing that. That's his thing. Uh, you know, if you're asking why they're so good, same thing with Shake Shack. I think In-N-Out as well. And the same thing with um, uh, Smashburger and, and other places like that. But it's it's uh, there's a lot of chefs that are coming out with their own tutorials. Hey, we're going to teach you the Smashburger. And it's just something that has existed for a minute, but it's now just becoming everywhere. All right, let's talk about Key West. So Key West is where I went this past weekend. It was a great time. This is the tale of two trips. I, I got to tell you, I went last time and I was kind of a little bit demoralized. And I don't know why. And I did tell you, it was because I thought there was just something in the air. It didn't feel like you could really let go. And that feeling is still out there. That feeling is like, you know, you want to talk about like going up to strangers, throwing your arms around them and like, hey, let's do a shot together and really connecting with people. That vacation experience is still not out there for us right now, guys. And it's not really looking like it's it's um, 
it, it's on the way back anytime soon. It's not like where we can see the end yet. But if you manage it right, you could still really, really enjoy yourself. I just, you know, you find yourself as a fan of cruising, you're addicted to islands. You know what I mean? How are you not? You're just addicted to the island experience. And the last time we went, it was a little confusing. We had a little bit of a, I guess, um, what would you call it? Like, who's going? Where are we going? A little bit of a, you know, we all three people, three chefs in this in the stew trying to figure out where we're going. This is uh nobody we really didn't do anything you know what i mean i've been saying that forever on the patreon as well as this show the worst thing in the world is to not to make the wrong decision not to make a bad decision not to make an incorrect decision the worst thing in the world is to make no decision because nothing happens even if you make a bad decision you roll with it you you water your grass and it becomes green somehow you know what I mean? You got to put a lot of muscle behind it. But if you make the, uh, no decision, you've decided nothing. So nothing happens, you know? So let me take a sip here. Hold on. So we really, I really felt like this time, and I said it on the Patreon, and I'm going to say this now, and I know a lot of you want to hear this. This is something a lot of you listen to this show for, and I'm going to share this with you, okay? And it is the fact that I have a Patreon. And you can access it by going to patreon.com slash alwaysbebooked, okay? And when you get there, you can just dedicate $5 a month. You know what I mean? You put your info in there, and they'll take $5 a month from you. And you'll get an extra show every day. Now, I missed a couple of days this week. I was in Key West. But uh, you will get an extra show pretty much every day. And I've been doing pretty good with that, keeping up. Now, I reserve the right to take off a day or two a week here and there, but I think that's a mutual agreement and understanding. I mean, really? You know what? Sometimes maybe you want a little break from me, you know, but at least very, very rarely is it less than six shows a week. Sometimes it's five, but very rarely. I would say average amount of shows that I do, if we had to kind of count it out, it would be 5.763. Out of a seven-day wait week, I would tell you off the top of the head, just my quick calculations, it's going to be 5.6873. Now, I probably didn't even say the same two numbers right there. Nobody cares about that, but let's get back to Key West. So I found myself being able to do more of the Key West experience, more of the island experience. Beatrix was involved. And by the way, let's let's call it what it is. You know what I mean? Uh, Beatrix is just a good traveler. She knows how to travel. You know what I'm saying? And she travels solo a lot of the time. And when you are a solo traveler, you know how to travel solo. And we got together on this and we talked about doing this and it's going to be some content coming out surrounding it. I'm really excited for the um, video that I'm going to put together because I do feel as though I have a good feel for Key West right now. And if you wanted to ask me about Key West, I could really help you out a lot with Key West, which I could not say. Up until this last little run I did here. She also did the Dry Tortugas. Nothing but raves about that as well. But what I'm saying is last time I felt a little more tight. Now even though this is Labor Day and there was a good amount of people down there. Yes, they do enforce the mask wearing. You could see some people just ignore it in the street. But I feel like there's at least 75% of the people in the street were wearing masks. Just walking up and down Duval. Of course you're going to have your 25% that don't. And uh, they get away with it. Because what are you gonna, that's a very, very hard thing to regulate. And then once you do go into an establishment. Yes, you have to wear a mask if you are mobile. In any way, shape, or form. If you're walking around, if you're standing up, if you're doing whatever, um, you have to 
wear a mask. But I found myself at certain places like the um, the southernmost brewery. What do they call that? They call the um, the flight the the first in flight the first flight bar, and it's a microbrewery brewery brewery brewery. They should really come up with an easier way to say that word. How, how, Tommy? Well, I don't know. Maybe they should just try. So I sat there, met a cool bartender. She was awesome. Got got a good little lunch there. Then walked around. Now, I noticed that basically I broke it down. Everybody knows about the Duval Crawl. You walk up and down Duval Street, and you could have the time of your life. I really enjoy the architecture. I like the fact that everything is looking like a little bit of a house. If you didn't know. You might feel as though you were in the Caribbean, you were in Nassau, or, or somewhere really tropical. It just has that feel. There's chickens everywhere. You feel you're in the continental United States, but you just don't feel like you are. Still so beautiful. It's just so beautiful there. And you're surrounded by water. You're never a few steps away from water. So the Duval Crawl, you can go all the way front and back. One side of it, the major attraction is Mallory Square. And the other side of it is the southernmost point, buoy. Now, Mallory Square section, that area, you have more going on. There's more in the way of hotels, more in the way of bars, more in the way of museums, more in the way of gift shops, uh, aquariums. You have all that stuff happening there, live music. That is the, um, the more bustling area. But then you walk all along Duval Street and you have tons of, you have Fat Tuesdays. You have the Bull, the the John, the Bull Bar, whatever it is. You have... Um, uh, 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 Fat Tuesdays, what's the other one? The famous one. Not Chili Willies. Uh, uh, what's that? The, the real famous one with the uh, live music. Uncle. Uh, we'll figure it out. There's a couple of strip joints. There's a couple of nice restaurants, seafood restaurants. There's an Irish pub. Irish Kevin's pub was jumping. I don't know if you're into that type of thing, but Irish Kevin's looked like Sloppy Joe's was what I was going for. You guys all knew that already, though. Uh uh, Kevin, uh, Irish Kevin's. We used to have a bartender in Manhattan, 42nd and 2nd. Beatrix worked, worked uh, very close with him. I did because I was right next door at Calico Jack's, but in McFadden's Irish pub on 42nd and 2nd, Beatrix, Beatrix worked for years with this gentleman named Irish Kevin. Irish Kevin's was looked like the main spot where there was a line, a lot of stuff going on, but you could walk all the way down to the end. Now, I did that during the day the next day. So once you get away from that Mallory Square section and walk all the way down to the other side of uh, Duval Street, you do the whole crawl. Now, I was drinking this time heavy. I was drinking not beers. I had two IPAs, uh, uh, brown ales, I should say, uh, at the first flight bar. That set me off good. And it was a nice little lunch, nice conversation with the bartender. Really enjoyed that. So that really set it off right. So what I was going to say was you have Duval Street. Running parallel with Duval Street is Whitehead Street. And it's just nice the way they portion it off because Whitehead Street is a quiet street. It's a little bit more of a secluded, subdued street. But that is where you have your cultural spots. You have Truman's White House. You know, Harry Truman, like a lot of other pre- presidents, you know, Trump has Mar-a-Lago. Uh, 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 who else had stuff? Uh, Kennedy had a Palm Beach thing going on. Uh, Bill Clinton was always, oh no, Bill Clinton and Bush, they were always at Camp David. All the presidents seem to have like a little bit of a retreat they like to go to. Uh, Truman set up a mini White House in Key West, and we saw that. Also, you had uh, the Hemingway House. You have the Key West Lighthouse. You have a ton of uh, 
the 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 first in flight place represents the building, the actual building, and it was deemed as the office where Pan Am worked to set up the first flight that ever left the United States. You also have that Navy area, the where where which is actually the southernmost point. It's like Navy Navy base or something like that. Uh, so you have all that stuff that's on Whitehead. But then you walk all the way to the end of Whitehead and you will see the buoy for the southernmost point. But then you make way, your way over to Duval, back over to Duval, and you'll see the southernmost resort. And there, I recommend, is where you get some good, uh, let's call it kind of cruise vibes going. You know what I mean? If you're going to have your real cruise vibes, you really feel, you sit in a sort of like a tin-roofed style pub they have food it's got an indoor and outdoor area so if you want some sun you can go outside if you want to go inside you can as well southernmost beach bar or beach cafe something like that really really enjoyable and uh had i had i was drinking mojitos all day guys it was crazy because it was actually kind of perfect i was trying to figure out why i didn't have to go to the bathroom after no less than eight mojitos i just didn't have to go to the bathroom I didn't even go to the bathroom for the whole ride home, which was six and a half hours. Because I guess, you know, Beatrix said you were just sweating the whole time. You're just walking and walking and walking. But that's the beauty of walking in those types of scenarios because you don't realize how much you're walking because you're distracted by the sights and the uh, sounds around you. But I got to say, it all in all, great traveling with Beatrix. We had some great food, had some great drinks, had a great time. I do feel like I know Key West very, very well right now. And um, I guess that's uh, that's the story with that. So I, I'm lo- we're actually maybe even going back in a couple of days. Might go back to Key West in a couple of days. Where me and my friends were talking about doing either that or maybe shooting up to Orlando, and we will see what happens. Let's get into a couple of topics that are let's cruising related. All right, so let's blow through some of the topics that are out there today um, or this week. Just kind of just some stuff. We're just chill. We're talking. We're a couple of guys, girls. We're talking. We're talking cruising. We're talking vacation. We're just keeping ourselves entertained here. Here we go. Let's do it. So the Bahamas is about to hit phase three. And phase three means that they are going to open beaches and hotels. Okay, so that's big. So as of right now, you are allowed to travel to the Bahamas. There is a whole testing and quarantine process. But on October uh, 15th, they're going to go into phase three. Now, they're still not talking about cruises. That is apparently available when they hit phase four. So at this point, it is what it is still. And I guess that kind of begs the question, when is phase four going to be? Now, you have October 15th. This is the biggest thing I keep repeating, and I do apologize. When everybody's so optimistic about we're just around the corner and all these cruises, you know, I know people on November 9th sailings that I'm supposed to be on that are very, very, that are, that are, on, that are online purchasing faster to the fun right now. <laughs> you got a cruise on, on November 9th, and, you know, they, they just booked their flight last week. <laughs> I mean, are you out of your mind? Unless you're just preparing to stay anyway and you're like, you know what? Well, I guess they are. But uh, I don't know. Just people talking about faster to the fun and just the amount of – and I tried to step in a little bit and try to give some information about how legitimately unlikely it is that this cruise will ever happen. But they don't want you to – they yell at you. 
you know what? This is why I'm leaving this group. Because you no, 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 no. Please don't leave the group. I am sorry. I do have some, I guess, closeness to the situation based on, you know, the amount of research I do for it. But I was just trying to tell you, you know, give you a little bit of uh, advice because I don't want to see people purchasing faster to the fun, spending money on shore excursions. Yeah, they can get it back. But I mean, personally, really, I mean, to me, it's very optimistic. It's a very optimistic way to look at it. Um, But my point is, so. All right, let's put it like this. So they're going to go into phase three on October 15th, okay? So do you think they're going to be out of phase three in two weeks? That's my question. We have to consider when we all think about when we're going back to cruising, the CDC having conversations with the cruise line that, you know, if you listen to the John Heald video, which we'll talk about in a little while, you know, maybe that's been happening. You know what I mean? It's just been no real official announcement about it happening, which I think maybe they should be. But so they're talking about going to uh, phase three on October 15th. Do you think they plan on spending two weeks in phase three? Stop it. You know, they're going to go into phase three very gingerly. You know what I mean? They're going to go into phase three like, oh, all right. You know what? I guess it's time. Let's do phase three. Don't you think that there's going to be at least a 30 day uh, wait and see period in phase three? Maybe it'll be two weeks. I don't know, but look at it like this also. Once they do come out of phase three and go into phase four, when cruises are able to come back, do you think it's just going to be like, yep, all right, let's go, phase four, let's do it. So basically what I'm saying is October 15th is phase three. In my opinion, at least three or four weeks before of seeing how phase three goes, putting it, to me it would be nothing less than completely irresponsible to spend two weeks in phase three. So that gets you to November. So let's put it to, let's say, another two weeks, November 15th. Phase four, at the earliest, in my opinion, could be wrong. Okay? Now it's November 15th is when they go into phase four and they will allow cruise ships to happen. Now, do you think it's going to be just, boom, open the door, let's go, see ya. I mean, mean, welcome. You know what I mean? Like, bring them in. No, there's going to be a whole list of protocols. It's going to be a slow build back to that. So these are all the reasons I think that we just have to be realistic. And we have to explore and look at other vacation options and other ways to do things. Uh, But that's it. So that's an indication. And the Bahamas are looked at to be ahead of the curve. They're ahead of the game. Somebody said, I think it was Scott. I think Scott said Cozumel said they would welcome back cruise ships. It's easy to say. All these, 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 like I said in the last one, these, these islands, these ports of call, these, these, these municipalities, powers that be, they're all off the hook right now. They don't have any pressure on them. They could say whatever they want because there are no cruises going there. Once the CDC and CLIA allow cruising to go back, now they're on the clock. Now, okay, what you going to do now, Cozumel? We got a cruise ship. We're headed straight for you. You're going to let us in? No problem. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. We want you. Yeah, yes. Yes, we do want you back. But let's talk about this first. And then they got to get serious. That hasn't happened yet. So let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Again, nobody wants to cruise more than me. That I could promise you, but... Well, I like to look at things realistically. All right, let's talk about which cruise ships are at sea right now. And why? Why? Because that just gives us a little bit of a measuring stick to see 
how close we are. You know what I mean? I think that is one of the things that is happening that is good. And again, it's like pins and needles because we're just waiting for the shoe to drop and there to be a corona case on one of these cruises. But again, I think we have to look at it differently. I have to think and look at it like almost have to welcome the first case. No, you don't. That's a wrong way to put it. But what I'm saying is it's going to happen. Like there's going to be coronavirus on cruise ships. The matter of how we handle it is 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 going to be how we do. For example, look at how it is in Florida right now. Once you know, I feel like the we were quarantined forever, and the the the, the protests slash riots that happened all throughout the country are what kind of opened the country back up. You know what I mean? We were quarantined. We were chomping at the bit. We were talking about slowly opening things back up because we were all quarantined. And then these riots happened, these protests happened, whatever. I'm sorry, whatever you want to call them happened. And then it feels like we all just kind of looked at around at each other and said, man, that that's awful. But looks like we're back open kind of right now. Looks like, you know, looks like we're kind of back a little bit. And then we were a little bit slightly back. We opened things up to like a phase two type of scenario, whatever the phases are. It's hard. It's almost takes you back to the uh, terrorist threat, red light, green light, yellow light, whatever. But it seems like uh, it seems like then the numbers started going up. I mean, New York City kept it tight, but then Florida, Texas, Georgia, uh, California, Arizona. They were like, all right, we're open again. It looks like we're open. Phase two, let's do it. So you could go congregate at establishments. You could eat at restaurants. You could do all that stuff. And uh, it got a lot of heat for that because that facilitated gatherings that were a little bit could be considered, you know, I'll say it. And no, 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 no offense to, you know, Crazy Uncle Mike's. And, you know, they were doing live music. When we first started coming back, they, they were doing live music and they were allowed to. Now, six feet social distancing, 50% capacity What it is what it was supposed to be. Was it? Probably not. But again, to me, that's, I mean, trying to police that is going to be good luck to you. You know what I mean? Everybody's got to be six feet apart at all times. That's impossible to regulate. And 50% capacity? you could be at 49 to 54 then 54 gets you slips away and you get up to 61 oops sorry let's get back down to 49 then it goes to 75 it's tough it's tough it's just tough and then i remember one of our first nights out me joel i'm not sorry me uh, uh joe jp k we met out and we went to uh, a show with Crazy Uncle Mike's, and Crazy Uncle Mike's got on the got on the microphone and said, "I want to thank you guys for coming down. I want to remind everybody we are not breaking any laws here. Uh, we may be bending a few, but we're not breaking any." And I think that sentiment, uh, I guess, encapsulates it perfectly. Encapsulates it perfectly. Everybody was doing the same thing. We're allowed to open. We have to make money. We need sales. Any owner is going to be thinking in that direction and trying to push the limits of what you know they're allowed to do and call it responsible call it irresponsible they got to pay the, they got to feed their children okay so that's where it is so they're going to operate within the law but maybe sometimes the boundaries are experimented with and that's what happened so why am i saying that because i'm talking about just basically what you know these cruise ships are going to have to go through what the Bahamas is going to have to go through, and what um, levels of protocol are going to be adhered to strictly. I could tell you, you go to Key West, it's the same thing. Everybody's doing their part to on paper check the boxes of what these regulations are. 
But then the reality is some guy's going to take off his mask. He's going to be pissed off that he has to put it back on. Then he'll begrudgingly do so, but then it'll be off in another five minutes. Basically, if you're out, you're at risk. But what I'm saying is, ultimately, is that look what happened with Florida. So with all that happening, Florida spiked. And let's just talk about Florida right now because that's where what I'm in. Florida spiked through the roof. It went from like under 1,000 cases a day, new cases, to 2,000, to 5,000, to 12,000, to 15,000. And then it hit that 15, maybe even 18,000 in a day. And then it started to slowly come back down. And Florida was not doing. uh, Florida was uh, at the forefront, let's call it, of kind of, you know, just doing what they do in Florida. Florida being Florida. Just open gatherings. Yeah, there were regulations. The only thing that was taken when when the spike started to happen, I think they deregulated bars. Like if you didn't have food, you can't open. And they shut it down to, I think, 10 p.m. was the limit. But before 10 p.m., it was go- it was going off. People were getting together. People were hanging out. People people were not being as careful as you would think, uh, or as the as the, the the letter of the law would suggest. And you saw it. The numbers went up and up and up and up and up. And then they started to come back down. And we're talking about maybe um, maybe th- maybe a month. To six weeks ago from right now, you saw those numbers start to come down. And now they're back down to a thousand. And what are you seeing? You're seeing New York start to uptick a little bit. Because New York did not do what Florida did. New York, I don't know, it might be in New York's future to have to go through what Florida went through. And I'm just comparing these two states. Because Florida did not necessarily um uh, comply with a lot of what you know the more careful powers that be of the country or the lawmakers wanted florida to do but i don't want to say they're in the clear they're not but it's going down now what do you call that herd immunity i don't know if that's what that directly is but you're seeing it go down you're seeing the death rate go down you're seeing the new cases go down and they are at a under five percent uh infection rate in florida right now so who knows? Who knows? And maybe that's what, what what is gonna have to happen to every state. I'm not sure. But all right, so what I wanted to do is just talk about the cruise ships that are out there that are doing sailing. So you have Explorer Dream, a Genting cruise a cruise line. Explorer Dream out of Taiwan is happening right now. And uh TUI, a German cruise line, is operating the main the mine shift one out of Germany. They're only doing sea days. The mine shift two is also Obviously, out of Germany, they're also only doing sea days. And the Mind Shift 6 is out of Greece. Um, they are, I'm not sure if they're doing sea days, or they, but they are They are sailing. Uh, the MSC Grandiosa, the MSC Magnifica, and the Costa Del- Deliciosa, and the Costa Diadema, all out of Italy, are sailing. And we know Italy was rocked. Italy was absolutely rocked by the coronavirus. I mean, I don't know. That's where it's just crazy to me. Like when we, when we, talk, whatever, let's not get into it. But Italy was rocked. Italy was in a complete crisis from the coronavirus. And they're back. They're cruising. They're sailing. Um, 
so I don't know. So that's all I'm saying with that. And there's a bunch of other small boat operators, expedition lines and things like that that are that are cruising already as well. Uh, oh, big shout out to Tom Cruise. You guys hear about this? Hurtigruten. Hurtigruten. Shame. They want to they get their bad publicity uh, away. You know what I mean? They want to turn the corner from a PR standpoint because of what they did. Clearly negligent. One of the first cruises ever to go back to sea, Hurtigruten, and then they uh, don't properly test their crew. 40, over 40 crew members on a ship that's only got about 50 to, to 60 crew members, on a ship that's only got about 100 people on board, exp- uh, you know, ex- expedition cruise ship, and they screwed it up. They screwed it up. They had protocols set. They didn't follow their own protocols, and there's an outbreak. Not only is there an outbreak, some passengers get it, and not only is there an outbreak, they allowed people to get off the ship and hit up some of these towns on this expedition, river-type cruise, whatever it is. Um, You know, it's a fine line between ferry, river cruise, expedition cruise, and ultimately ocean cruise. It's like a sometimes the lines can blur, but Hurtigruten is a small line in Norway, and uh, they screwed it up. And they admitted it. Even the uh, CEO kind of admitted that, you know, we, we dropped the ball on this. And uh, I don't know. I don't know about the repercussions. I don't know about the investigations. But all I do know is that Tom Cruise has commissioned two of their cruise ships to be able to film Mission Impossible 7 or the seventh installment. I don't know if they give them cute names each one. But uh, they are going to do that. And they're going to be filming through September. Uh, right, you know, right over there up in Norway, and they're gonna uh, film. Uh, supposedly, it's absolutely stunning. The landscape up there is beautiful, and I heard that Tom Cruise is footing most of the bill for this. So Tom Cruise is like, I think they tried to they tried to film in Italy, and they were able to do so for a little while. They tried to re up in London and get filming and production going again in London, but then they got shut down as well. Now. Tom Cruise is like, forget this. We're going to freaking test everybody. We're going to quarantine everybody. Basically build an NBA-style bubble on these two Hurtigruten cruise ships. And we're going to finish filming this damn movie. That's it. It's over. And you know what? Oh, it's not in the budget? I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it, Tom Cruise says. Maybe it's that Scientology money. Who knows? But he's doing it. Mission Impossible just got a little possible. What do you think of that? That's what Tom Cruise says. But anyway, is what it is. So here's something. John Heald, uh, and like I said before, you can check out the article on cruiseradio.net. Richard wrote it, and it was about John Heald saying, I think he walked it back a little bit, but and again, John Heald, could you imagine being that guy, having his job? Of course, he probably makes very, very good money. It's It's a job of high prestige. You know what I mean? Heavy is the crown, as they say, dare I say, as they say. Heavy is the crown. But John Heald uh, basically says they're not, it's not out of the question that they return in November. And I believe the quote, and again, I want you to check out that article, but I guess the one quote that I will read from the article is from John Heald, and he says, the latest the latest news, and I will never be able to do that, uh, the proper British accent, but the latest news is that we are extremely hopeful that we will cruise in November and possibly before. Get out of here. You're not cruising before November. What is he talking about? Come on. Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it a restriction till October 31st? 
possibly before on shorter modified cruises, and we are working with the CDC. We've got very smart people who've put a plan together to keep everybody safe and make sure that the fun is going to continue for you. Um, as questions poured in from people looking for details regarding everything from mask requirements to changes which might be made to food offerings, Hild said, and this is Richard writing, Hild said, uh, essentially asked the people to be patient. When I know, he promised, you will know. So, I mean, I feel like this is what he's been doing here and there. I, I do like the fact that his language got a little bit stronger. And, you know, if you're a cruise line, especially if you're Carnival, you've kind of made a lot of promises out there. Remember the August 1st declaration? Everybody said we were going back in August 1st. Uh, I would be very careful if I were them to get people's hopes up. I mean, I don't get the whole before November thing, maybe. But that's the other thing. Like I said, you know, it's going to be modified cruises. And I've been seeing some, uh, no offense, I love all the people out there in the cruise space. My colleagues, you might say. But I'm seeing people write stuff like, you know, Carnival Cruise Line sets his first sailing out to sea. It's not Carnival Cruise. Carnival Cruise Line is not sailed anywhere. A brand underneath the Carnival Corporation umbrella has began in the form of Costa and in the form of uh, AIDA or about to form in the ADIA. But Carnival Cruise Line is not has not sailed. We cannot say to people that Carnival Cruise Line has sailed or is the first Carnival Cruise Line. The, the only word, you, the operative word is line. You got to take the word line out of there and write corporation. You know what I mean? So uh, it is what it is. And, and I'm I'm hopeful that I think that's a big thing, though. Costa, they're talking about. We're talking about Costa, who is sailing. And that is big because, you know, uh, TUI and Mindsheaf and Hurtigruten and, uh, you know, everybody else can sail all they want. There is no carnival affiliation there. There is none, actually, none of the big three per se. Is there? I'm not sure. But uh, once a Costa ship can go the lines of communication are open between carnival cruise line and costa cruises and then the media mediatory between that can be carnival corporation and then you know what that's what i was going to get to that's one of the signs that where we can feel comfortable that a, a return to cruising there might be you know one time i drew, drove through a dust storm in phoenix arizona one of the three or four times i thought i was done um, one time I got into a spin out on the Bell Parkway, uh, 80 mile an hour, lost control. You know, that dangerous time when the rain is just starting to fall and a little oil is picking up from the street. Uh, I just made a little bit of a casual move with my hand that turned the steering steering wheel a little too hard as I was trying to change lanes. And I was in a Range Rover. I'm sorry. No, a, a, a Ranger pickup, uh, driving into the city with my bundles of financial times newspapers and I completely lost control on the very already dangerous Belt Parkway in Brooklyn, New York. And I had to have done at least, I don't know, what I was I counting? I thought it was over. I really thought it was over doing 80, going into a complete spin. And I know there was no less than three full spins, maybe five. Five is probably pushing it, but at least three full spins before... I completely, my momentum, thankfully I was on a straight road. My moment, The momentum of the vehicle as it was spinning just continued forward. And I hit absolutely nothing. Can you believe that? 
hit nothing. It was one of those times where you stop dead, you can't believe you're alive, and you just break into hysterical laughter. Complete nervous laughter. I thought I was done then. The other time I thought I was done was on the um, I-10, headed to my friend uh, Joe Bango. Shout out to Joe Bango. Headed to Surprise, Arizona to have dinner with him and his family, friends from back here in Florida. We're all in Arizona now, so why not? Go over, have some pasta, have some wine. Enjoyable evening in Surprise, Arizona. I remember looking over to my right. I see something approaching me. That of a of, 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 of a disastrous cloud of a very, very um, dark and abysmal looking cloud. And I was like, oof. And it was on land. You know what I mean? It wasn't like from the sky. It was like, it wasn't like a storm cloud. It was like, it was a giant dust cloud. I'm like, wow, whoever is stuck in that, uh, God help them. Well, lo and behold, give it a couple of minutes and be careful what you don't wish for. Because I'm on I-10. The thing was making its way over towards me. And it eventually hit us on I-10. Now, I'd never read any manuals on how to drive on a highway, the the longest highway in America during a dust storm. But here I was, nevertheless, driving with zero visibility. Has anybody out there, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, have any of you been caught in a dust storm? Because I could not see anything on your on your on and you're on I-10. Oh well, just pull over to the shoulder, Tommy, and uh just stop, you know? Or just slow down. No, there's no, none of those answers are proper, okay? Because I'm driving through desert. Some of these areas are wide open, six-lane highway, and some of them are two lanes, and if you drive off the side of it, you're driving off the side of a mountain. So you don't know where you're pulling over to. If you can't see in front, I could not see my antenna. The antenna was not visible out of the windshield. So I thought I was probably going to this. How could this? You're driving, and you're doing 60. Obviously, you slow down to like 50 or 40, and then you're in a dust. But you're doing 40 miles an hour on I-10 with zero visibility. If you're going to be realistic, I'm not overly educated, right? But, you know, you, you think to yourself, you assess the situation, and you're like, well, how could this end well? How? Where, where, where is the, where, where, what are the chances this could end well possibly? What could possibly good happen here? So what I did was I slowed down to about 25 and I just told myself, just stay straight, continue to drive at 25. So if somebody is ramming you from the back, the impact will be less because you're you're driving. And if you're going to hit something from the front, you're only going 25, so it may hurt less. But this went on for what seemed like an hour and a half, but was probably only about maybe three minutes. But I continued on very, very slow. And every once in a while, I would have the living daylights scared out of me because I guess there's some wind associated with this dust cloud, and it would blast off in my windshield. So every time a dust, uh, I'm sorry, a, a dust cloud, I'm sorry, a um, tumbleweed. So some sort of a tumbleweed would hit my windshield with some impact, but it's a tumbleweed, so it's no damage. It was just like startling. So the tumbleweed hits your windshield, and you're like, whoa. Because you think, you know what? You don't know if that's a tumbleweed or the side of a mountain or another Ford Ford uh, Explorer. So that's what was going on. The radio, no more radio signal. The radio went out and you're just driving. So I was just driving 10 and 2, perched up into the seat and just hoping I didn't hit anything. That's all. And then there was just like this little, tiny, little light that started to develop. 
It wasn't anything you could make out. I couldn't see anything physically. It was just a little bit of a light that started to develop. And I could notice, again, like I say all the time, the key to any type of happiness or the key to anything good is progress. Just progress, no matter how big or small. And that's what I was looking for. Progress. Is this light getting bigger? Yes, it got a little bit bigger. Okay, light getting a little bit bigger still, even a little bit more bigger and bigger and bigger till the whole light. We couldn't see anything. Then it's light, and then you could start making out another car, uh, car's uh, tail lights. Then you could see your antenna. The radio started coming back in, and it went away. It went away. Went away, went away. <laughs> Damn iced coffee! It went away. So then, ah, oh, my car looked like it just had like literally rolled in mud completely covered in soot but now it's a beautiful 85 90 degree day again i get to my friend's house i show up they didn't see any of the dust storm they see my car though and they're like tommy you don't wash you stop washing your car anyway the point is is how beautiful it is when you start seeing that little ray of light and what we're looking for in that ray of light is just hope and we're trying to and maybe this costa cruise thing and maybe this John Heald vote of confidence, this nod from John Heald might be that little opening, that little dot, this little speck of light that starts to develop and ultimately progress in this whole world we're talking about, which is our hopeful, ultimate, and eventual resumption of cruising. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. It's all you could do is hope, right? I don't know. I don't know what you think, but we will see. All right, I wanted to talk about something else. I wanted to talk about what we think is probably the best way while we're at home and while we're wishing we were on a cruise. You know, we're all kind of going through these withdrawals. Uh, What should we do about it? Is there anything we could do about it? And to me, I have found some solace in some of the things. Again, we're not recreating here, okay? In a lot of ways, some of you will reject this and find it depressing and be like, you know what? I want the real thing or I don't want anything. And I get that. And if that's your sentiment, I urge you to go with that sentiment and stick by it. But I was recently turned around these last couple of weeks with, you know, getting back to sea uh, or at least not back to sea, the sea type of feel. In this Key West vacation. You guys heard the doom and gloom I was talking about. You know what? I went to Key West. It was just, eh, no. It's just not the same. It's just not the same. So why do it? I'm going back into my cocoon. And I'm up uh, up until Beatrix. Now, I knew Beatrix, seasoned solo traveler. I knew there was a, a chance that we could kind of come back from this. And come back from it, we did. So I come back from Key West yesterday, uh, the day before yesterday, with a ray of hope, a newfound hope in that we can get some recreational good vibes in, some good vitamin D, some, I guess, some endorphins, some serotonin, whatever the good words are when you feel good about things, about some sort of vacation type of things being able to happen. And I put together just a couple of ways in which I think we can find ourselves back in that vacation style mode. So I would say, first and foremost, get to Florida. (laughs) Now, I know that sounds ridiculous, but I mean it. I do mean it. Find a way to get to Florida. More specifically, Key West, any of the Keys, Miami, or maybe even Fort Lauderdale a little bit. You know what I'm saying? South Florida, Southeast Florida. You'll be able to go to other beach towns on the West Coast. You'll be able to go to Daytona. You'll be able to go to these places and achieve some level of beach beacherosity. Uh, 
beach beachier beacheria. But I would suggest if you want the tropical drinks, if you want the celebratorial vibe, if you want the whole kind of, you know what, really, we're actually on vacation and it's not just us, it's other people around you. You know what I mean? There's something about being on vacation and not even that you have to interact with people, but the fact that you're with other people that are on vacation and other people drinking frozen drinks and there's just an energy between you. Sometimes it's not even a, hey, how you doing? Sometimes it's a smile. Sometimes it's a, yeah, put your drink up. Yeah, we're all doing the same thing. We're t- it's communal. We are a tribal society. Whatever the tribe is, in this case, it happens to be people on vacation. And there is a certain synergy that comes with that. And I suggest you do that. Now, if you're going to Key West, you're going to see my video. And I definitely suggest you uh, kind of check it out and take it in. And you'll see exactly what the multitude of things that you could do while you're in Key West. If you're in Miami, you know you got Bay Plaza, you got South Beach, you got whether it's we're talking about South Beach on the beach or we're talking about South Beach, the bars, restaurants and the, you know, the real Caribbean vibe that is South Beach. You have Brickle, you have so many things that you could do in South Beach and again, we're not telling you here. I don't say to be irresponsible. Bring your mask. Socially distance when possible. Hand sanitize up and down all over the place. I was doing that constantly. Every time I touch something, they say that it doesn't go through food. They say the coronavirus, I don't trust that. You know what I mean? How could it not go through food? I guess it doesn't. But if you're telling me these little microscopic, you know, uh, 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 bubbles can shoot through the air. And if they land on your lip, you might have it. How if somebody just has it uh, spits, not even on purpose, they're making your food and droplets come out and land on your food. And you swallow that food. How do you not get it? I guess there's a reason for it, but they say they they say that's not the way that's not the way it transfers. I don't trust. I don't. I try not to trust that. I try to reheat everything. Still, is that crazy? Maybe. But I sanitize. I socially distance. I try to you know avoid people when I can from a six po- six foot standpoint. But yeah, there is avenues to where you can get that. Uh, you can meet people. You can have a good time. You can enjoy yourself. At these places, okay? Again, beach-style bars. What else? What else do I have here? Uh, you know, this is weird, but what do you guys like to eat when you're in the Caribbean? Go to the grocery store. Well, first go on YouTube. Find out how to do it. Don't try to wing wing my fungal. Uh, don't try to wing it. You know, there's so many recipes and ways to find out how you can make Jamaican jerk chicken, how you can make... Uh, uh, sweet plantains, how you can make mafango. It, it's all so good. There's such, I mean, uh, I, I did the Dutch the Dutch pancakes, uh, so good. And th- it will take you back. Don't get it twisted. If you make it the right way, whether you're making it yourself or you go to a restaurant that offers it, you know, again, you're not all of a sudden going to go into uh, some imaginary world and think you're back on in, in Aruba. No, but you bite into that perfectly made Jamaican jerk chicken, you're going to get those memories flowing back. And you know what I mean? You, you, we all, we're, we're grabbing at straws, but it's it's a worthwhile exercise. Make yourself a paella. And you're going to feel like you're in San Juan, you know? Make yourself a, 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 a Johnny Cake. You'll feel like you're in St. Thomas. All, all these things you can do. You can, you can recreate this whether you go to a restaurant, but even better, grab some friends and family and cook. Make these things. Develop a skill. You know what I mean? You've had some great, great meals overseas. 
Have a Jamaican patty. Have some oxtail. Go on YouTube. You can absolutely find, check out the Caribbean pot on Facebook, and you will be able to recreate some of your favorite Caribbean dishes. Do it. I'm telling you. It's great. Um, what else do I have? Uh, drink alcohol in the water. Find a place where you can consume an alcoholic beverage while you are submerged in a pool or a body of water. There's nothing like that. Having a good buzz going and you're inside some water. I could tell you right now, it's definitely a feel that's, I try to make that happen. It's usually like a, a, an experience within the cruise. If the whole cruise and the whole vacation, I'm having the time of my life, I'm looking forward for that time where I get that drink and then get myself in some water because it's just a, it's just a, a treat to so many of your senses. It's just a beautiful thing. So whether you can get a pool bar going at your own backyard, get some pina coladas going and jump in the pool and be drinking while you're in the pool, or you have to go to uh, find a swim-up bar that's near your near your place or anything, any chance you can get to be inside water with a drink in your hand, I definitely suggest you do that. Another one is get on any watercraft. This could be a boat. This could be a pontoon boat. It could be a speedboat. It could be a fishing boat. It could be any type of boat, dare I say. Get in that. Get on a jet ski. I've been saying it since day one. Shout out to Joe DeRosa, who's apprehensive about doing it. If you're having any type of bad day whatsoever, if there's any type of trouble, if you're down in the dumps, you get yourself on a jet ski for 25 minutes and you tell me some of those problems don't go away. Get on a jet ski. That's all I'm saying. And then the last one I have for this is try to do yourself a favor and recreate a spa type of experience. Now, it's good for health and it's just for your mood. It's just for overall how good you feel. I don't have a spa. I don't have anything like that, but I kind of try to recreate it. After I run, I try to work up a huge sweat, get the blood going, feel good. Then I get a coffee, okay? Get a coffee. Then I go take a shower. Nice hot shower. It's so th- revitalizing. Then I chug a bunch of water. And then this is a weird one. Uh, a lot of people talk about cryotherapy. And I feel like I respond well to cryotherapy. But I don't have a cryotherapy changer, cha- chamber. But for some reason, I get a, a bunch, a few ice cubes. And I've been doing this since Orlando. And I don't know why. I just put ice on my head, my neck, my shoulders, I just take some ice and just, you know, spend after I work out, after I take my shower, after I chug my coffee, relax, I'll ease back in a chair and just take a big, a, a big, uh, a pack of ice and just put it on myself, my head, my neck. I don't know what that does. I don't know. If, I mean, they must do something because cryotherapy is a thing. And if you don't have a chamber, it is. It probably shuts down some inflammation. It probably, it also, you know what it does? I used to do this with the bar. St. Patrick's Day is that day, right? You got to drink starting the day through the night. And it is what it is. I mean, yes, I know it's a silly thing to say now, especially during these times. But that's what it was what it was. Like it was your responsibility. Ownership knew it. Everybody knew it. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. And if you're not drinking on St. Patrick's Day, you don't belong in a damn bar. So we would do that. So we would, uh, you know, start at 9 a.m. And the the car bombs would happen. And yes, I am responsible for the safety of a thousand people. But uh, it, it, that you can't let a silly thing like that stop you from getting twisted by noon. 
you can't. So we wouldn't. And uh, we would drink. But then about 7, 8 o'clock, sometimes 9 o'clock, it would start to creep up on you. You know? So we had a St. Patrick's Day tradition, which was ice bath. And we would load up a whole bus tub, clean bus tub, of with water and ice. And the people like myself who were doing the Iron Man shift for the day would literally dunk our heads in that and keep our heads in that for as long as possible. Maybe 30 second increments, then we'd go and do it again. However many times you could do. And then you realize, woof, you kind of feel completely revitalized. We learned that in Lake George up in New York. Beginning in September, we would do a Lake George trip. Before we would go out for the night, we were drinking all day. But before we'd go out for the night, we'd want to revitalize. So we would jump off the dock into the damn lake. Silly, you might say. Irresponsible, you might say. No light, no nothing. We're just jumping into a giant Lake George at night just for revitalization purposes. But I'll be damned if it didn't work. So I try to recreate that a little bit with the ice pack on the head for some reason. Yeah, the lovely Miss K looks at me like a boy. She's, what are you doing with the ice? I just put it on my put it on my head. It feels good. Put it on my neck. How are you going to tell me a nice, a nice ice pack to the neck after a long run and some working out and a hot shower and some nice coffee doesn't doesn't bring you back or maybe kind of energize you a little bit? For me, it does. Whatever works for you. Maybe it's placebic, dare I say. If I know what that word means, dare I know what that word means? Who knows? But it is enjoyable. And so that's what I do. And I guess that's pretty much it for for the ways that I think, you know, you try to kind of keep that. I guess when you're really feeling like you're missing cruising, those are some of those things, maybe do three, four of them. And, you know, it's not a savior. It's not a it's not a it's not a catch all or a fix all, but it might help get you by just a little bit. All right, let's get into your emails. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. I would like to invite you to be a part of the show by emailing me anytime at T-O-M-M-Y at alwaysbebooked.com. That's right, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. It's a little tougher now, I'm finding, because we're doing this. Uh, this is probably the best thing. I've, I really feel like this is one of the best things I've ever done is just kind of convinced myself to stick to a certain date. I think that is going to do wonders for the show, uh, in my opinion. I've, I've seen good results so far. But I do also understand that the emails, it's harder to kind of keep them up. If I did like if I, if I waited a couple more days, I would get some more emails. So the more shows, the harder it is to be able to kind of, I guess, keep emails up. And for that reason, I would like to invite you to not to hesitate. When you're thinking about emailing me for any reason whatsoever, people seem to like the show when we're doing a lot of emails. I do as well. So keep them coming. By the way, we also have a Facebook group. If you want to interact with our Facebook community, do that at uh, Always Be Booked Cruising and Travel Lounge. The Always Be Booked Cruising and Travel Lounge on Facebook. We get a lot done there. You know, we crack each other up. We post post pictures. We uh, give suggestions. We break each other's chops. That's a little a lot of the place where a lot of the community building takes place. We also have an Instagram, Always Be Booked. And really, I'm trying to get this YouTube thing going. Uh, well, Tommy, you haven't made a video in three weeks. How are you going to tell us that you're trying to get the YouTube thing going? I'm working it out. I'm working on it, guys. Okay? I'm trying. I'm doing my best. I'm trying to figure out my place on YouTube. But I do feel as though that there's some good, valuable content on there, whether it's ship tours, whether it's my inspirational latest release, which is We, we Will Cruise Again, which I do encourage you to check out and maybe share. Again, man, 
I don't know. I, I, you shouldn't talk about the algorithm. I get it. But uh, it seems like once you monetize, sometimes if, uh, you know, I feel like my <laughs> my my videos were going much more viral before I was monetizing. I, I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but definitely send out the uh, video. If you're so inclined, feel free to share it. Uh, we also have a travel agency. You know what I mean? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com if you want to enjoy any cruise travel or travel of any sorts, we will find out how to get you on a vacation one way or another. All right, let's get into the email. Let's see what we got here. Hey, Tommy, this is John again, the recovering cruise planning addict. Okay, this is a long one, so let's. I uh, just want to prepare you for that. So maybe I might interject in real time uh, and then save some stuff for the end as well. So, hey, Tommy, this is John again, the recovering cruise planning addict. I gotta say, planning cruises isn't quite as fun when you don't even know if you're gonna. You don't know if that cruise is gonna sail. We truly are in a crummy time, and a part of me now thinks anything could happen so what's the point of booking things far out if the world is going to be a completely different place by then but that thought isn't why i'm writing you you see back in march when cruise prices and plane tickets were ridiculously low i made the mistake of thinking that things would be relatively back to normal by january of 2021 so i booked me my wife and me and my wife a seven night cruise aboard carnival magic leaving january 23rd 2021 i put down a non-refundable deposit on the cruise which in hindsight was a stupid idea but it was a really good deal and remember back in march we all thought cruises would be sailing by june anyway so now here we are and still not cruising and no one knows whether cruises will be back in three months or three years but it seems like the way the news is going and seeing successful sailings over in europe u.s cruises might actually sail by january so maybe my cruise will actually happen but the thing is i don't know if i want to do it i didn't want to be a part of the very first cruises as they open back up sure there will be some things I like about these uh, COVID safety measures like no crowds, clean buffets, clean everything. And I can deal with ship-sponsored excursions, but I really don't like wearing masks and neither does my wife. Not a political thing. It's just uncomfortable, fogs up my glasses, and makes me feel like a muzzled dog. I wholeheartedly agree with you that this is the new normal. Uh, this new normal phase is BS. Masks are not normal. I'm fine with wearing a mask to the grocery store, but wearing a mask during an amazing cruise vacation that we've been looking forward to for three years doesn't sound so fun. So I thought about changing the date. And I found that the same ship was doing the same itinerary in May 2021. Sounds great. Except since it was a non-refundable deposit, I'm going to lose a good bit of cash just getting our cruise changed. Plus, the cabins cost a lot more than they did back in March. And the other thing is, what if the flu season or COVID 2.0 happens next year around the same time of year? What if we cruise fine in November, December, and February, January and February, and then there's a spike in March and everything gets shut down again, thus taking May 2021 out of the equation? Or maybe in January, the restrictions are so high that it won't even be enjoyable. Like, we can't dock at any ports and have to wear masks everywhere. But may those re re but it, by May, those restrictions are lifted. If that's the case, I'd be okay paying even more to move it to May. 
A part of me just wants to keep my cruise as is and let the cruise line cancel it or just sail on it because you never know anymore. This could be the last chance we have to cruise in a long time. What if nuclear war breaks out in May 2021? I know it sounds crazy, but anything can happen. Sorry for the rambling. I'm just stuck between a rock and a hard place. Either I can cancel it before final payment and just wait another couple of months to book it, or I could keep it paying full and see how things go. What do you think, Tommy? I'm guessing there are others in my position as well. Again, the masks and the canceled ports are really the only restrictions I, ha- restrictions I have an issue with. Thanks for keeping us all informed and entertained throughout this mess, John. John, I do remember John. John was the gentleman who was so obsessed with booking cruises that it was at a level that a lot of us, um, I, quite frankly, I admired. <laughs> He he would just continuously look at cruises, shop for cruises, and I get what he's saying because it is a lot more fun to do when you are ninety nine point nine 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 percent confident that those cruises are cruises are actually going to happen. When you don't know, it's a whole different animal, and that's what we are right now. And John paints a weird picture, but he paints a picture that is accurate. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a nuclear war by May, but these certainly are unprecedented times, and. Uh, who knows? I think it's going to be just fine. I don't think you're going to have to worry about nuclear war. But I do agree with the fact that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, at this point, I wouldn't rely on anything. There is no information. And that's the one thing that I've been consistent with the whole time. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy about anything. But I will say that you really think you know, A, when we're going to cruise again, B, how much they're going to cost, C, what the experience is going to be like once you are on board. Again, John, I you said a lot here, and I agree with all of it. I wish I had an answer. And regarding the mask, mask situation, um, I just said, I didn't, I didn't say I disagree with wearing the masks. Same thing with you, not political. I just wonder if you are spending top dollar on a cruise, do you want that or how much are you willing to compromise for that experience? You know what I mean? Do you want to go and say, you know what? I want to be at sea so bad. Just put me on and then tell me what the restrictions are. I'll deal with them. Or I love cruising with all my heart. I love cruising as what it is, but I do not want to have it be marred by this crappy experience that I'm going to have by having to adhere to all these uh, safety protocols. I could totally see it both ways. As far as your schedules, I can't. I can't. I really wish I could give you some advice on this, but if it were me, so you have a cruise booked, I would wait. I would wait. If the cruise is going to go on it, I would go on it. If you're asking me what I would do based on my thing, I would say the cruise is the cruise might, might get canceled. And if it gets canceled, no harm, no foul. You get all your money back, right? Uh, if the cruise sails, you go on it. And you know what? If nothing better, you'll have some good reporting to be able to do back to the always be booked family on what it's like to cruise during the, uh, I guess, whatever stage we are, but somewhat surrounding the pandemic. That's all I could really say. Uh, Again, I am like you feeling a little bit sad sometimes about the state of the world and how things are going and, you know, the, 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 the crazy conflicts that are happening because this does feel like it's a little bit different. Every generation talks about how it was so much better the generation before and everybody is always talking about how, you know what, that's a sign right there. The end is near. The end is near has been said for generations. 
I don't think the end is near per se, but it does feel like crazy stuff is going to boil over. And uh, who knows what that means? And as far as the new normal, yeah, it's like the, the, the new normal is in front of us. It's at least temporary. You know what I mean? You cannot say, I don't like resigning to the fact that now we got to wear masks. This is it. Now we got to sanitize. Now we're going to, no, because that's not sustainable. I don't know if it's two weeks, two months, two years or whatever. There will be a backlash off of this and we will go back to normal for right or wrong. But I do know that the new normal is not permanent. We will go back. And even if it is, uh, you know, like you said, a last hurrah. I would not base my cruising decisions, though, on any pending nuclear uh, conflicts. <laughs> I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be there. So he said, as part of me just wants to keep my cruise as it is, uh, and let the cruise line cancel it or just sail on it because you never know anymore. This could be the last chance we have to cruise in a long time. What if nuclear war breaks out in May 2021? Yeah, but what if it breaks out in June? <laughs> No, man, there has to be some uh, level of levity that you have to apply to this stuff. Uh, I do take my responsibility as a citizen very, very seriously, and I like to stay informed on everything. And I've been struggling with the whole, I like to give my opinions, as you know, as you listen to me going into, uh, you know, an hour and 25 minutes of this. But um, I I also realized over the last couple of years, I've, I've kind of, you know, tried to think about, you know, when people talk about, you know, worrying about things that you can't control, you know, if you can do something about it, do something about it. If you can't control it, you know, try to not let it, you know, you have to set aside some personal space in your mind for mental clarity. And a lot of times if you get too wrapped up in all this stuff, that does the opposite. It's counterproductive to that. But John, if you're asking me specifically what I would do, I would, I would stay the course with this cruise. If it sails, I would go. If it sails, I would go, uh, and I would certainly manage my expectations, and I would treat it as an educational experience, and to be like, okay, this is how cruising is. This is what it is right now. It is kind of be either way. It's going to be one of the more historical cruises in the grand scheme of things. You will be able to say twenty years, thirty years from now, you know, if there, you know, if nuclear war doesn't break out, you'll be able to say, you know, I could tell you all about what it's like to cruise during that pandemic that we had back in uh, 2020, the year that we, most of us would prefer to forget. Um, but John, thank you so much for the email. Always appreciate you. And uh, thanks for listening. Tommy, you're getting too hung up on the Patreon, always needing to be about cruising. Honestly, how many people have expressed the need for it to always be about that? Uh, that's why you have the regular podcast. If people always want to hear about cruising and nothing else, they can go over there. The Patreon is kind of like a big hangout spot where it just so happens that you have the center stage. Some of your Patreon episodes have nothing to do with cruising. It's been like when a good friend is going somewhere and asks you if you want to go and hang out. You may care less about where they're going, but it's always fun to hang out with them so you, you go and you don't regret it. Just have fun with the Patreon and be yourself. That said, I'm glad you have chilled out on the COVID talk. You're doing much better with that. Thank you, Tim. Well, Tim is uh, Tim is good. Tim has uh, been very, very active lately, and we love that. Tim has uh, put out challenges to the cones. 
Tim has uh, talked about joining us on our group cruise. Tim has been very, very, and it's been very welcome. So I appreciate Tim. But Tim very has very strong opinions about what what the show should be and where it should go and what things should happen. And I know it's he's got the best uh, intentions with his comments. And in this regard, he's referring to the Patreon. You know, this is a cruising show, and I never at any point want to go off the rails too far from cruising. And the Patreon does just that. This show was a little bit of that, and I know that I've done that in the past a lot and talked about weird, wacky stuff that are off the cuff and different things from that are non-cruising related on the main show. And I noticed that you know, the, the information and the research that I did told me that maybe staying more on the message would give more massive appeal. That might hurt myself in terms of loyalty from hardcores. But if I want to go to another level, and ultimately, I'd love to be able to do this for a living. Um, For monetization purposes, I am going to have to kind of stay on the message and appeal to my base, which is cruising. You know what I mean? But that's why a lot of the reasons why I kind of created the Patreon, because I would like to be able to go off off uh, off the beaten path a little bit, talk about whatever comes to mind. Excuse me. Got the belches lately. Hang it in there. Again, we're not editing. This is raw. This is real. We have not stopped yet. This might be the first show ever. I will edit to put in the little uh, music between the uh, news and between segments and things like that. But I have not stopped the show once. And this is probably the first time ever we've done that. But uh, yeah, so on the Patreon, I do. I do. I feel like I do go off. But I do. Just to answer your question, Tim, I do appreciate what you're saying in that you don't particularly care about me talking about cruising or not but also understand that that you're not you know there's a lot of people like you that agree with you but there's a lot of people who do not want me to go too far away from cruising so i think what the, the answer is is a happy medium i think i uh maybe i am getting too hung up on it like you said that could be true but i do think i do have to stick with cruising a little bit with the patreon or a lot with the patreon but also mix in the other stuff too i think this show maybe 75 percent or 80 percent of cruising of the show you're listening to right now and then the patreon is maybe a 50 50 so i think we could be happy with that i'll be happy with that and i appreciate your opinion Tim and uh, definitely keep it up and let me know how I'm doing all the time it's always always very very welcome hey Tommy man it's been a long time since I emailed huh it sure has loved the shout out for the Oregon coast from your interview with traveling Robert definitely one of the coolest places I've been to in the world wanted to reach out and ask about potential podcast topics such as luxury cruising since you're branching out from the big three cruising in general in your podcast I'd love to help out and discuss as I've been on three Oceana cruises through Europe and giving a take on cruising as a young person 21 uh, love the podcast so we have a 21 year old shout out to Trey and Trey yeah it has been a while so I would like to say welcome back, and uh, we love having you, and I appreciate you listening. Trey is 21 years old and is a luxury cruiser. We may have to take you up on that, Trey. So yeah, I do not have, and I and I struggle, I definitely do struggle with trying to figure out how much I would enjoy, and I'm thinking about sitting here talking about being a little too young for ultra-luxury cruising, and here I got a 21-year-old emailing me telling me that I should talk more about it. So where there's smoke, there's fire. And maybe there's some smoke around here and we can try to get on the phone and talk about the fire that is ultra-luxury cruising. And that's a terrible, right there, what you just heard, what you just witnessed and heard through your headphones is a terrible analogy. Because you should never associate fire or smoke with anything cruising. 
We know that already, right? Joe Farkas was overruled. He was overruled. The only time he was ever overruled by Mickey Arison or Fred Arison, one of them, overruled him on the design of a nightclub because the theme that Joe Farkas wanted to go with was fire in the nightclub. Figurative, of course. And then uh, Mickey Arison um, or Fred said that, no, we're not going to tempt the gods with that. We are not going to tempt the fates and we are going to superstitiously refrain from that because fire is the enemy of anything cruising whatsoever. And that's pretty much it. So I, I think that's a good idea. I'm down. Uh, Trey, I'd love to have you on the show. Maybe do a little pre-interview first. Talk about what you think. I, I want to know, even if I had the money. Right now, if you told me I had the money without, you know, you got you got all the money that you need to take this ultra-luxury cruise and have this ultra-luxe cruise experience, I would still choose one of the big three. I'd love to have somebody try to change my mind on that. But... That's pretty much it for this week. I appreciate you guys listening. You guys are the best. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine-on tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away. To where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves. Jimmy, Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Put me down, and when I fall on my stool Put me down, I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Oh